1: Okay, episode 30, 30, I was about to say 30 something, <laughs> 30, 30, 40 and thriving, aren't we, Booba? Yes,
2: we sure are, darling. Yep.
1: <laughs> um, so we missed last week, guys. I'm really sorry about that. Work was just a bit hectic for me and we had quite a bit on, um, but the good news is that Booba and I will be reunited this weekend. Yes. Which is very exciting it in is. person. in life, real life, Yep. I know, although I have to let you guys know that she was here last week and I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. well, You're avoiding me.
2: No, I actually flew down for the day to say goodbye to a friend who was going off to New Zealand. That's what happened last oh. week. That's right. And I then, see I,
1: and I, then I flew back and… Uh, Priorities were but fine. I see where I sit in the totem pole. Okay, my sister was just as put out as you are. <laughs> Um, Well, we're really excited (coughs) about this week because Mm -hmm. this is a topic that Boba's really passionate about. And obviously, so am I. It's actually something I'm very interested in. Yeah. So, the first topic we're going to cover is a question that's come in from a few of our listeners. And it's also something that I'm super intrigued to know Mm. a little bit more about as well. And I want to know, and so does everyone else, the hot question of the minute is what the benefits of having sex are. Like, we all know that sex is good for you, but, like, I really want to know, like, why is it good for you? Like, obviously, on a physical level, on a emotional level, on a psychological level. Yeah. Because I hear they say an orgasm a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah.
2: Yeah, There's done. there's been so much genuine research on the subject. Mm. And there's lots of – I think I've got about 10 points as to why sex is good for you. I love
1: that. I actually remember when I did psychology at uni, I did a course called Sex, Love and Relationships. Mm. And I remember the lecturer, who was like the hottest woman I've ever seen, by the way, running through all these benefits of having sex. And like she made a comment that's really stuck with me and it always has. And it's like as you get on in like your relationships or marriages or whatever, a lot of the time you'll be like, no, no, don't want to have sex. I've got a headache. When in fact, a headache will probably cure it. So either people are using it as an excuse or they're just bloody lazy or they don't know the benefits at all. Yes. So yeah. Mm. Do you want to talk through maybe um, physical benefits of having sex? Yeah, I will. And yeah, the lovely, beautiful, gorgeous
2: girl who is a friend of mine is Jodie Bradnam. She's a... An amazing psychologist. Um, yeah, love Yeah, her. no, having a headache doesn't cure it. Having sex cures a headache. Oh,
1: is that what yes. I, I said? The wrong way around?
2: <laughs> you said it the wrong way around. Having
1: a headache cures it. No. <laughs> Clearly I've had a long day. I'm, I and I've got a headache and I've got a, I know. I'm going to have to call up my man friend and see what's going on. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go through it. Um, Need some penicillin. Frequent if you know what I mean.
2: sex is good for your health. So, we're going to start off with the first thing it does it relieves stress. And mm. the researchers found that people who have sex three times a week report that doing this reduces stress. And the reason being is that dopamine
1: is, is released in your body. She's saying dopamine <clears> and <throat> waving her hands around, around as if we go. <laughs> no, I see it. <laughs>
2: reduces the stress hormone which is cortisol. and cortisol is a bad hormone, and mm-hmm. high levels of cortisol manifests into physical illnesses. So when people go and have blood tests and the doctors say, "Oh my God, your cortisol levels are over the you know out of, over the top, <clears throat> the first thing you need to do is reduce it and that
1: by having sex.
2: Well yes, because then the dopamine that is released during an orgasm, actually reduce reduces cortisol so it relieves stress for starters
1: so three times a week
2: yes yeah, some 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 things um that or some stress sex sometimes you only need to do it once a week and i'll mm-hmm. tell you which ones and and some you need to do three times a week
1: <laughs> wait there's so different types of sex have different levels of like releasing dopamine. Does that mean masturbating and giving yourself an orgasm isn't quite the right, doesn't yes, have the, the quite same effect? I'm going
2: to come back to that at the end and tell you okay, cool. about that. So it also improves sleep because, again, prolactin is a, another hormone that's released after having an orgasm. And this hormone relaxes you. as it, It's like an analgesic effect. Mm. Plus the feel-good hormones released produces better sleep. In fact male-female intercourse resulting in an orgasm is 400 times greater than masturbation.
1: Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty... Why? Is that got to do with like the physical touch element, do you think?
2: Yes, because it's more, it, it's not only just having the orgasm, it's actually, you're right, the, the intimacy that's raised during having good sex also releases all those feel-good oxytocin,
1: all the good. She's doing the hands again. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love it. I use you and I. You and I are hand talking. I know, and we find it really difficult to remember to like. Keep your hand in one place with this my <laughs> Sorry, darling. Sorry. I know I'm a pain oh, in the sorry. ass.
2: Anyway. tell me or not. So sex is known also to reduce pain. I'm, I'm actually sitting on my hand while I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> 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 One's holding the microphone, the other one I'm sitting on it. Um, Keeping yourself under control. Yeah, so sex, to, it reduces pain such as menstrual, menstrual cramps, chronic back pain, leg pain and migraines. And that's the headache that you, we're talking about. Mm. It eases depression by boosting your mood um, when having sex once a week is good enough for that. It makes people feel happy from the oxytocin that's released and that actually increases your mood.
1: Mm.
2: Um, It also boosts your immune system. So again, sex once a week produces high levels of antibodies and 30% higher levels of immunoglobulin. Again, that's the immune system.
1: So it's just good all round for you, basically. Yeah. It is basically nature's own version of, like, curing basically all your day-to-day ailments. Yeah,
2: amazing how – and people don't realise just how good it is for you. It actually even lowers risk of prostate cancer in men between 40 to 75 years of age. Of prostate cancer. Of prostate cancer. so. Again that the men report having ejaculations 21 times a month were less likely to get prostate cancer than men who ejaculated four to seven times a month. So all really? these sets are quite interesting, aren't they?
1: Is this the same for guys like if it's like a ejaculation through this is, sex or ejaculation through masturbation?
2: Well they're saying that it's 21 times a month and I've got a feeling that that includes masturbation although um I do think that if they can have an ejac- ejaculate through male female sex or male male sex or female female sex, whatever happens, mm-hmm. it's, it's um, having sex with a partner helps. Um, yeah. All these. Hormones. I reckon it does too yeah.
1: because I, I feel like when you're masturbating, it's so easy to just have like a quick in and out. Depends on what mood you're in. Yeah. You can like really set the mood and go have like a 30 to 40 minute set, or you can literally get it like not over and done with, but get in and out in under a minute, like if you've got it down pat. So maybe it's the, like. The process—it's like the seduction, the arousal, the build-up, and then even that intimacy that you get afterwards. Yes, of just like that person-to-person connection yes. afterwards and during. Yes. Maybe that's why.
2: And even like sometimes you know that five-minute quickie that you talk about—love <laughs> um, a quickie. I know that that produces excitement, and it it produces again the same happy hormones. Due to excitement and uh, the five-minute good-feel sex story. Sex doesn't doesn't have to be a 45-minute story every time you have it.
1: I would say working from home and this like working from home culture that we've cultivated over the last couple of years, one of the good things to come out of it is the fact that in between meetings you can have a quick shag and get back for your next meeting in a whole new mindset. (laughs) Do you do that? So Shaggy between had, meetings, ne- <laughs> I'd never admit it. Also, I don't have time between meetings. I'm on back to backs all day, Bob. You know Busy
2: woman. Yes, me too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I,
2: I think uh, nobody would expect for one minute that. Mind you, I have to tell you that when, when people find out that I'm a sex therapist, I'm diverting here. You know? Um, and we love yeah, and they, they come in and and they say, "What do you do as a sex therapist?" And I say to them, well, the first thing I do is get you to take your clothes off. And they go, they go really? And I go, no. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sex therapist, not a sex worker. <laughs>
1: Even so, excellent profession, and we need to talk about that. That's something I want to discuss on another podcast. All right, darling. Um, So I love that. Yeah, the first thing you do is have sex with them. (laughs) Yes, yeah, and give you a a rating out of (laughs) ten, and then we go from there.
2: Of course, (laughs)
1: get a score sheet, and if you fail, you're out. True. Yeah, (laughs)
2: yeah. I, I think we should do that. We should run schools where we score people.
1: I mean, I think it's a great idea for an app, but look, that's another story. That's another one of another my business main. ideas. Okay.
2: <laughs> so a, a lot. Let's go on with every that um, having having benefits. sex twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, one study found this that it reduces cardiovascular disease. That men who have sex twice a week are forty five percent less likely to have heart disease than men who have sex once a month or less. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's quite – actually, when when I read these stats, I thought, God, it's so interesting, really, how this is not promoted more.
1: I know. Uh, We don't think about it enough.
2: Yeah. So, a 2017 study um, uh, tested a group of heterosexual women on their memory skills – And those Mm. that had more sex performed better at tasks centred around the hippocampus. And that's the part of the brain that deals with learning and emotion. And that their memory was better after having sex.
1: Maybe that's why my memory's been so bad, because I've been in drought for so long. Yeah, I guess that, that definitely is the reason,
2: <laughs> Olivia.
1: <laughs> you never know. I mean, my I memory know. sucks. so I wonder, <laughs> Yeah, because you've so gone for eight, eight
2: months in, in celibate condition.
1: I know, oh, and my memory's really suffered, so I can't do that again, can I? No,
2: but you can catch up. So yeah, if, look. If you have I'll, lots of sex, you can, you can bring your memory back. It's like doing memory exercises on the computer. We'll put it to the test. <laughs> you, I'll do the memory size exercise on the computer, and you go and have lots of sex, and we'll see what happens at the end of it. We'll measure it.
1: Let's see if your if your memory gets better by me having more sex. Yeah, no, sure, no. I'm I mean.
2: going to do. I'm going to actually practice memory um, exercises on the computer to improve my memory.
1: Okay, that's a good idea. End, Get on to work. We'll, me-
2: we'll measure it and see what happens. All right. We'll create our own study. <laughs> well, okay, let's go back to it. Long It can increase longevity. A 2019 study of older adults found that those who had sex in, uh, in the years um, after a heart attack decreased the risk of death once by one third. That's a lot. Like, these are big numbers. They are. Like, this
1: is not – these are not small numbers. And, like, the fact that – I wonder if, like, you know, general medical professionals are pushing this as an overall way to counteract, like, you know, certain diseases or even just like a, you know, a way to maintain your daily health.
2: Do you know – Because, like – I'm going to tell you something, Lib. I think that most general practitioners – First of all, they see patients every 10 minutes, so they don't even have time to ask them about their sex life. But if they did, <laughs> if if every general practitioner asked their patients, you know, what sort of um, uh, time they were spending, what their sex, what life, their sex like? life like, mm-hmm. um, they wouldn't have time in the day to talk about it. So they don't even touch it. And in fact, the interesting part about it too is that even a lot of psychologists – who call themselves relationship therapists, never talk about sex. They don't even want to go near the subject because they themselves feel uncomfortable talking about it. Yes, it it blows me away how many people find the subject of sex um, embarrassing. They just don't know how to deal with it at an objective level. But I've got another really... This is the most interesting part about what I researched, and that is that... Researchers found the benefits do not extend
1: to hookups. People, what? Yes. Wait. So this plays. So this plays into what I was asking yes. you earlier about masturbation yes. or whatever. So it's basically having sex with an internet conne- connection. intimate connection. So
2: people who no who do this had lower levels of happiness and self esteem, and higher levels of depression and anxiety, and the belief that men are more likely to be okay with casual sex. It's not true. Research has found there's absolutely no difference between the sexes. I I found that. I found that the most interesting in
1: all the research that I read, actually. This is fascinating. Yeah. Because you would think, like, I actually like really like done a bit of research into this topic myself about like hookup culture and being like sexually liberated and stuff like that. But I, yeah, I think. I've listened to a few different actual podcasts, and if anyone's interested, Chantal Otten is great. and also um, there's another one called uh, one by Juliet Allen. Yeah. She's an amazing sexologist as well, and they talk um a bit about this subject. Yes. Juliet, in particular, about whether you can actually hook up and be sexually liberated. But the amount of women in particular who can have sex without strings attached is very, very slim. And I think that maybe that leans into this and the fact that it actually makes you – tends to do – not do harm, but make you feel worse than feel better. I'm not saying that's the rule across the board, but it's interesting that that kind of statistic mirrors that. Yeah.
2: And uh, I'll get you to tell me her name when we um, get offline because uh, I'm yeah. interested to hear what other people have to say.
1: Yeah, yeah if anyone's interested, Juliet Allen. Yeah, okay, I think it's it's called Authentic Sex. Yes. She's got an amazing podcast about this, and she's a great. I listen to her all the time; mm. I find her fascinating.
2: So, the bottom line of this story to all our listeners mm-hmm. is more have more sex. have more sex more is more yes. more more is better
1: <laughs> more is better but at a at an intimate level yes so and if you have some sort of connection with someone it's better so masturbate if you can definitely I think do we think that a casual hookup what do you reckon it does more harm than good
2: well according to the statistics and and the research that I found and also by my the uh, people that I talked to in my room I do believe that hookups do more damage than good.
1: Emotionally. emotionally. Yeah, I, I like Physically may have benefits. I don't
2: believe there's any benefits in it, to be quite honest with you. Really?
1: Yeah, because I what think emotionally really...
2: it, it does more damage than good.
1: What if you're just really horny and just want to bang one out? I think just go and masturbate. I think that it, masturbation
2: probably is going to uh, be more constructive then having a hookup with somebody, because I think I've told you this before, that for women, if they feel the connection, the limbic system in their brain opens, and they feel some sort of emotional connection, and then yeah. when the, the person that they have sex with says goodbye and they never hear from them again, not even a thank you, you know, have, have a great day. Not
1: even, a, not thank even a thank you. Not even a follow-up text no. if that was fun. That's...
2: that's it leaves the, the person wondering what's wrong with them. Why didn't mm. they call back? Why didn't they want to come back for seconds? And and yeah. so the anxiety that people go through with it creates more unhappiness and happiness in a casual hooker.
1: What about mm. if um you're having like vaginal ache? And if anyone who hasn't heard us talk about this in previous podcasts, vaginal ache is a real feeling that females mm-hmm. get where they, when they haven't had a penis inside them for a while, they ache for it. And you can th- throw a vibrator up there, you can throw a dildo up there, whatever, but it doesn't quite match this ache that you have. Did I, did I nail you that? You well, That's well, is that perfect.
2: Right? I'm so proud of you. I keep telling you. Thank you. Go back to uni and become a sex therapist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what happens yeah. if you're having vaginal ache? And what happens, okay, so speaking from experience of having like a break from sex for a while, just that need to feel like physically touched and like have that physical connection like I would have happily and to be honest with you would have happily had like a one night stand with this person that I'm now kind of like yeah seeing casually but that look didn't happen he's still around Mm. (laughs) thrilled about it if you're listening um Um. (laughs) okay uh,
2: let me go back on that when I say hookups, I'm talking about the what causes more pain. It's the hookups that people have with strangers who they meet on Tinder and they just meet up and have casual sex. That's what I call as not being constructive. But if you right. have a hookup with someone that you know and you, you, you just um, become a, fr- a just friend with benefits. benefits, yeah. uh, I think that... Uh, is is quite constructive and and actually definitely reduces the vaginal ache that you're talking about because you're doing it with thing. someone that you know. You're not doing it okay. with a perfect stranger. Yeah.
1: Okay. So basically, just like the overall, the moral of the story is have more sex. And
2: and if you're going to have a one night stand or if you want to have sex just for the sake of having sex, uh, make friends with someone who feels the same way about. Uh, same way about a relationship that you do. That you didn't, Some keeping it yeah, casual. Yeah, just keep it casual and just have casual sex, but at least have it with someone that you know. I think that's far more mm. beneficial.
1: Yeah. Wise words, bubba. Wise words from a wise yes, woman. Yes,
2: my darling. I am wise.
1: You <laughs> are. <laughs> <laughs> the old owl, yes. <laughs> oh, you're not old. Young as yeah. ever, sprightly as mm-hmm. ever. So another question that I wanted to ask you about, and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, Mm. and that's whether it's got to do with more of – it kind of leans into the conversation we're just having, but kind of like it's all around commitment and settling down. And I'd love to know what your opinion is like cross-generational and having a look at the way and the amount that people seem to be committing and settling down to relationships – today mm. and how and what that compares to how it used to be well, like what kind of trends do you see and what kind what what's your thoughts oh on that? it is just so different there's no yeah, really absolute,
2: there's no comparison and i mean if I, I go back to my generation and baby boomers and even generation x which is your parents generation mm-hmm. people were far more into committing to a relationship and a long-term relationship than your generation, millenniums today. There's no question about it. And in fact, that um, there's percentage that that marriages in two thousand and twenty had the largest annual decrease ever reported. Now. When I read that I thought that did they factor in covid because I don't think people got married yeah. during in the last 2 years I would, they, they cancelled so that. many weddings in the last 2 years but the yeah. actual um, research goes on to state that that marriages are declining in Australia and I can endorse that as a great proportion of my a portion of my couples that I see in my practice are living in de facto relationships mm. um and that uh, all people in de facto relationships to 2006 seventy percent of them have never been in a registered marriage so wow. yeah I'm, I'm the, the stats on, on it is quite interesting and also I think I've mentioned this to you before that years ago I used to talk to my couples and say, are you looking at this relationship as as a lifetime?" situation
1: yeah i don't i don't say that that to
2: your age group anymore because lifetime is 70 years and the thought of being Mm -hmm. with one person for 70 years is horrific and so i talk about 10 years i say can you imagine being with this person for 10 years do you uh, you know spending your life with this person so another statistic is that 33 percent of all australian marriages end up in divorce now
1: yeah which is a huge statistic but at the and I don't think people realize how high that But they're not. Yeah, and sorry, go on. Yeah. 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 I was just going to say I completely agree. Like m- even my age yeah. group and like I'm, in, I'm early, early 30s, yeah. and some of my friends are starting to now look at their first divorce. Isn't it, isn't it horrific? But – Having having well, I feel thrilled because I feel like I've already missed out on my first divorce. I've skipped all and had all you know, the fun. Now
2: you're ready to go into number two without being into num- in number one.
1: <laughs> I'm pre seasoned. I'm ready to
2: go. That's funny. Yeah. Um But having said that, at the same time, I think and I do know that the same statistic applies to de facto relationships. So it fits mm-hmm. into my statistic that I've been saying for years that 60% of first marriages' de- relationships fail. So whether you're married or mm. de facto, why there's, there's no difference to me is that it doesn't make any difference to the law so that people in de facto relationships have the same rights as people who are married, particularly when it, when right. it comes to splitting assets at the end of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so people aren't, aren't even bothered about rushing into getting married because, at the end of the day, they all know unless they even have unless they have prenuptial agreements and and that goes by the wayside if they have children anyway. So um, it's it only works if you don't have children. Yeah.
1: What actually on that? What are your thoughts on prenups? I think we've covered it before, but remind me what oh, your I'm thoughts very are. strong on it. Very strong on it. and and Do you think everyone should have a prenup, in well, your opinion?
2: particularly if one party comes into the relationship and has a, a lot more assets than the other one. Uh, I'll I tell you what I am against, and I've spoken about this on another podcast. I'm really, really against people in long-term relationships having separate monies. And I know that my young people that come in say – Neither of them know what the other one has got, and I said, "Well, you will when you go through the divorce court. You'll soon find out."
1: (laughs) (laughs) I find that so (laughs) bizarre because I feel like even like my girlfriends and I, we all kind of know where we're sitting financially. We're all very open and honest and frank about money, whether we're doing really well, where we're struggling, or in debt. Like we all like support each other. We, uh, like, you yeah. know, really celebrate our wins, yeah. you know, help each other through our losses. Like we've all like – there's definitely a handful of times like we've all kind of helped yes. each other out or we've all gone and celebrated a massive win for someone, whether it's a new job or a great partnership or whatever. I think it's so bizarre not to know what your partner is on if I know, can tell you what all yeah. my friends are on. But I don't know if that – then again, I've t- said this before, I- I'm not the norm with my friends. Like we talk about everything and we're very open and I know that that isn't – a topic that a lot of people feel comfortable discussing, especially when it comes to like money and finances. It is very sensitive. So
2: when my clients come in, I always open up the Pandora's box. (laughs) and
1: That doesn't sound
2: like you stirring the pot over there. The first thing I say is, do you guys share your finances? And when they Mm -hmm. say no, I then say to the person, to both of them, so do you ever feel resentful? that you don't know what your partner has got. And nine out of ten women say yes, they do feel resentful because more times than not, their male partners are earning four times as much money as they are. And, four and yes, times. Four times yes. as much more. And are you on, kidding? Because these people have got full-time jobs while a lot of women are sitting at home looking after babies and they've given up their professions to look after their children. And I and I point mm-hmm. out to them
1: And sacrifice, they sacrifice their super. Their super and
2: I say, Well while he's stashing away super mm-hmm. at the same time, like that you're sitting home looking after the kids and he's dolling out a wage every week to her to manage the household and it's really pittance money compared to what she should be getting. I I say to them, This is just no wonder you're here having sexual problems because the last thing a woman wants to do is go to bed with a guy when she's feeling resentful. And believe me, resentment yeah. just builds up when there's not an equal situation happening financially in the relationship.
1: Yeah. Do you know what that reminds me of? A friend of mine um, just posted um, or reposted an article about a couple and the guy, the, the it was a heterosexual couple and the the husband or part, the male counterpart said that he wanted to have a baby, so she wrote up a email and a contract saying that she wanted him to pay her fifty grand to do so, because that's what would it impact her life. <laughs> I'll see if I can well, that's find so it. So interesting, Olivia,
2: because I, mm. I was going to talk to you about what women are doing now, and that is that they are writing out contracts. But I've got to come back to you. I've got to go on to tell you that while I think or while I believe and know, and now. I've we have firm statistics on it that over 60% of first relationships fail 70 to 75% of second relationships fail and that's mainly because of stepkids
1: yeah i remember yeah, you saying that yeah. before isn't that and wild and so there's new
2: data shows more than half of young people in america between 18 and 34 do not have romantic partners at all at all yeah Yes.
1: whoa what so they prefer okay so they prefer to just live their life be single have great sex live that like literally excel in their career do whatever they want because they're not accountable to anyone don't have to factor anyone else in how many are doing this 80 percent
2: no, no. um that more than half of young people in america between oh. 18 and 34 do not have romantic partners now I believe that's partly, that's partly I think by choice and partly not because those looking for love advice are unhappy with their lives and they think that another person will fix it. And I explain to my mm-hmm. clients that we're social creatures. We're meant to have love in our lives. We're meant to have a partner. But if they're looking mm-hmm. for a person to fill the void that to make them happy, they never will. You have to be happy. You Agreed. have to be happy within yourself.
1: Oh, my God. If anyone ever listens to this podcast, I would want them to listen to that. That is the most crucial piece of information that anyone can ever have, no matter where they are in their life, no matter what they're doing, what stage they're in, that is it. It's you've got to love yourself first. You have to fill your own void. Oh, my God. That just made me so happy.
2: That When you do like yourself and you're feeling happy without a partner, you actually give out a whole different energy. And to to the mm.
1: world,
2: and and then you attract the right person into your life because they can see you're not a needy child waiting for them to come along. and
1: Barbara, stop moving. She's going. Oh, her hands sorry, yet. darling. Can not <laughs> help? I get so carried. I get so carried away. I know away she's so excited. Subject. Okay, <laughs> I'm, get, I'm back to sitting on
2: my left hand again. Okay, right hand on the microphone, left hand under my leg. Uh,
1: well, we're almost out of time. So well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so looking at statistics, Liv, most young millennium, millenniums today have come from divorced parents and have not wit- mm-hmm. witnessed what a happy relationship is really like. And they, mm. they themselves don't want to fall into the same destructive patterns as their parents. So the new trend is right. they want to have relationship contracts. This is what is happening, what Isn't you're just talking about. Yeah. But I think that this is, idea is very corporate unromantic and not organic and natural. I think that when you set up a contract, it's, it's you know what happens and what I see is that the relationship then becomes, because 47% of women now are in the workforce as well, they, of course, want to have Did you
1: say only 40%, 47, 47%. 47%. Oh, but still, that's quite
2: low. Oh, it's, it's almost half. <laughs> 47% <laughs> is almost half the same work amount in the workforce as men.
1: Oh, okay. Is that the same yeah. around the same? So, that so oh, okay. they're that an expectation
2: that there's shared roles, but but I've yeah. I've witnessed very few successful relationships where it turns into that tit for tat story, and they be, and they become oh, boarders yeah. living in the same house, bringing up the kids,
1: and because I also think that there's also a lot of like assumptions made about women and a lot of like. I can't think of the word um, like gender biases that women do a lot more work for less than their male counter- counterparts. Whether it's the gender pay gap in their day to day roles, or whether it's like housework, whether it's doing cooking, cleaning, grocery shopping, whatever, tending to the kids—I don't know what it could be—but all of that, in my opinion, hundred yeah, percent
2: that that while men agree that they need to share the roles because women are working just as hard as they do. But it's quite interesting too because I, because I live on the Gold Coast um, and it's mm. in, it's not a, an industrial city. It's a, 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 you know, a holiday resort. So so what <laughs> happens is that a lot of the people I see, couples, the men are builders and they're, they're in the building profession and construction. And yeah. because they're outside physically working – they don't think that their wives, who might be paralegals or lawyers or whatever, sitting at a desk, yeah. they don't think that their wives are working as hard as their partners are working as hard as they are, um, because they are f- but they are even. physically working harder. And I say to them, for goodness sake, your partner is putting in as many hours as you are, and then they've got to go home and look after the kids. Even though you say you share the roles, I, they, they literally... Do not um, share the roles equally. Women still statistically do a lot more than men. Yes,
1: we'd say yes. generally because there are definitely a lot of you know challenges to mm-hmm. that these days, and that uh, we're not no, saying that it's, that's it's not a rule, the rule across, across the, board. the board. It's a generalization of of how things seem yeah. to be still. So in because the,
2: because in a lot the of these relationships today. then turn into resentment, and and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've said this to you on quite a few podcasts that the majority of people that come into my rooms and want to end their marriages for whatever reasons, mainly because of they're no longer in love with their partners or they have cheated on them, it's, it's not a coincidence that it's always around about the 10-year mark. And that, you know, the seven-year itch has gone by the wayside. I never see it at seven years. I see it at 10 to 11 years now.
1: Really? I would have thought sooner.
2: 10 to 11 years, yes. And okay, and and so that um, when people do break up, I'm seeing the second generation literally don't want to be in living relationships anymore because we're talking about commitment. They actually want to have a relationship but live separately in a separate house, not... Not, they don't want to share assets anymore. They don't want to go through the breakup. They want their children in their own homes. Um, and so the, mm. there's a whole trend of people now just wanting to live alone and not have living partners.
1: So it's kind of like come full circle. So like you said before, that younger generation want to live single, their single lives, but still have like a counterpart in some way, shape or form, whether it's casual, a bit more serious, but still have their own lives. And now the older generation is doing the same thing. So basically, key takeaways from this podcast are stay single, but have (laughs) more sex. (laughs) And you'll live longer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like a delight to me, Bob. We're in for a wild ride for the next few years.
2: Yeah, I'd love to see people committed more than what they are right now. Yeah. (laughs) Look,
1: I'll have a word to my people and see what happens. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> all right guys well that's all we have time for today um as always could you please leave us a rating and review we love to hear what you think of the podcast and it helps us reach more people um a five-star rating would be divine thank you and if you have any questions please feel free to reach out in the facebook group it's called sex with my grandma podcast or um dm us um on instagram and we will see you next week right, thanks darling, I'll see
2: you on the weekend i'm excited about seeing you see. <laughs>